Would you turn please to Romans the 8th chapter? And let's look at our text that we've been using for some weeks now. Talking about the Spirit-led life. The Spirit-led life. Spirit-led living. Let's read our text in verse 14. Romans 8. What does it say? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Can sons of God, that means male sons and female sons, can they expect to be led by the Spirit of God? How many believe that would be a superior way of walking in life as opposed to being head-led, feeling-led? Emotion-led, circumstance-led, money-led. You do understand that many, many Christians are not spirit-led most of the time. They leave towns, they move, they leave churches, they relocate solely because of a money raise. Did you hear me? Is that being spirit-led? That's being money-led, right? Ministers take churches, leave churches, have meetings, go to churches, refuse meetings solely on what they think they might get. Money-led. People uh, leave businesses. They leave places of employment because somebody hurt their feelings. Is that being spirit-led? What is that being? What's leading them? Feeling-led, right? Emotion-led. And that's why the enemy is so successful in getting people out of their place and out of the will of God because they'll follow all kind of stuff instead of the leading of the Lord. But not here at Faith Life Church. (laughs) Here at Faith Life, we believe in being spirit-led every day. Every day. Uh, some of the ministers had asked Phyllis, you know, we was down at the ministers' conference, and, you know, the Lord's helped her. She's lost 50-something pounds. And they asked her, you know, what would you do? What diet did you go on? And what'd you? She said, I tried all kind of stuff, and it didn't work for She said, I'm on the spirit-led diet. <laughs> spirit-led every day. The Lord leads me to stop, I stop. He leads me to do this, I do. How many understand the Lord will lead you out of every problem into total victory if you'll follow him. He'll lead you out of debt into plenty. He'll lead you out of defeat into victory. He'll lead you out of marriage, uh, you know, hell into marriage bliss. If both people would follow him. Right? He knows where to go if you know how to follow. So we've been talking for weeks then on how to be led by the Spirit, the Spirit-led life. Let's keep reading verse 16. 15 rather, 15, you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Does the Lord lead us through fear? Is his dealings with us, is it through fear? Absolutely not. But we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit is called the comforter, isn't he? He's the spirit of peace. He's the spirit of adoption. He makes you feel like you belong. He makes you feel comfortable. 
And that's the way our, our church is supposed to be. Right? I tell you, numerous times people have come in and they said, oh man, your folks were so friendly to me from the time I got in the parking lot and the foyer everywhere. People that sat by me, loved on me and hugged me and put money in my pocket and bought my lunch. I just felt so comfortable. That makes me feel wonderful. Amen. Because that, why? Because not just you, I'm glad for you, but you are letting the spirit of God manifest through you. And the Spirit of God is manifested in the place people feel comfortable. Amen. It's not supposed to be cold and feel like a business without God. Yeah. Or some kind of institution or just some kind of organization without God. It's supposed to be warm, yeah. homey. Amen. Huh? Amen. I said homey. Amen. That's us. Amen. We're going to increase in that. Yeah. We're going to excel. In hospitality. We are. Aren't we? The Lord's helped us. But you know we're not two years old yet. We're still pretty young. But he's going to help us a lot more. We're going to be very strong. The community is going to be glad we're here. They are. Because we're going to be a blessing to the community. And uh, families and people. Visitors who come. Are going to be glad they came. Because we're not going to intimidate them. We're not going to make them feel outcast and outside. The spirit of adoption is going to make them feel comfortable. Verse 16. The spirit itself, or as many translations say, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. How does he communicate with us? Didn't say he bears witness with our intellect. Our, nor our emotions, but he bears witness with our, our spirit. His spirit lives in our spirit, and he communicates with us through our spirit. So to be Holy Spirit conscious, you have to become aware of your own spirit. Because he, he, that's how he leads us. So we, we've camped, I don't know how many weeks it's been now, but we've talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. We talked about some characteristics and qualities of the Holy Spirit. And for the last few weeks now, I've been sharing with you about keys to increased sensitivity. Since he does lead us through our spirit, how can we make our spirit more sensitive to his spirit? How can we, are the things we can do to become more aware? And the answer is absolutely yes. It's really more, more up to us than it is to the Lord. He doesn't change. He's always there. He's always endeavoring to lead us. But it's how sensitive or rather how dull we might be as determines how easy it is for us to be led or seemingly difficult. We talked about. Uh, three major things already that would help you become more sensitive. One is being yielded. Yieldedness makes you more sensitive. Secondly, we talked about openness. You've got to be open to the Lord doing something different than what you had planned or thought. Got to be open. You might be all set to go, but you better be open for him to tell you to stay. Right? Or vice versa. If, I, if we're going to be led in the services, I might be all primed to go a certain direction with my teaching. But i got to be open for something else. Right? If we want his leadings. Amen? 
You might be all ready to spend that money on this, but you better be open for him telling you to do something else with it. Right? I don't know at the times. Nearly every big blessing that's happened in Phyllis in my life in the last several years, we, we had started looking in one direction, and the Lord said, no, not there, over here. We did our best to find our new ministry facilities. For 10 years, we looked in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We even put money down on a place one time. And the Lord had to say, oh, no, 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 that's not it. No wonder we couldn't find it. We're looking in the wrong state. (laughs) I know a a certain house that we looked at in uh, after being in the ministry for, I don't know, 15 some years. We thought we'd found a house. And Phyllis liked it so much. It was nice. I liked it. And uh, we were all primed. We, we had already made some offers on it. We were close to securing it. This was in Tulsa. And we were driving on some trip. And the Lord dealt with me the half the night before. That's not it. Drop it. I thought, Lord, you tell Phyllis then. Because <laughs> she really was pumped about this thing. And... Uh, he said, no, you tell her too. So I, I talked about the weather and we looked at the scenery and eventually I said, uh, I said, Phyllis, I feel like the Lord's dealt with me about that house. She said, yeah. I said, I think he dealt with me to drop it. They were to drop this thing. And boy, to her credit, not a tear. And she liked that place. She said, that's what he said. Huh? I said, yeah. I believe that's what he said. You check your heart about it. And sure enough, we backed off. And you know, it wasn't, what was about, about a month, the Lord gave us twice that house. Glory to God. Same thing happened when we moved here. We were looking at a place and we thought, well, boy, that's nice. That's it. And we actually made some steps toward trying to get it. And some things seemed to hinder it. And the Lord dealt with us, no, don't push it. Back off, back off. There's something else. And he gave us three times the house. Glory to God. Everybody say open. You've got to be open. You don't just set your mind on something and set your focus. And oh, we've already made our plans and we've already made up our mind. Well, that's how you miss God too. Everybody say open. Got to stay open. Be open to something else. Be open to something completely different. Be open. Last time I was with you, we talked about the clear conscience. How that having your heart cluttered with a lot of undone things, a lot of unfinished business, how that will muddy the water, so to speak. It will dull you. And you can confuse your own spirit. When the Lord deals with you to do something, do it. Don't go for weeks and weeks and months and even years and things undone. Your conscience bothering you about something you didn't do or something that you should have done that you didn't do or something that you should make right. Keep a clear heart. Keep a clear conscience if you want to be sensitive to the Lord's Spirit. We talked about that. And now today I want to get into something else. Keys to increase sensitivity. Turn to Colossians, please, and and I'll explain it as we read this verse. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. How many are interested in this? 
how many are believing that you're going to be more sensitive to the Spirit ere this year is over than you were last year? That we are growing. Amen? And mistakes you used to make, you're not going to make. Right? Ways you've missed it in the past, you're going to stop missing it like that. Because you're not going to be led by things that lead you astray. You're going to be led by the one who's never wrong. Amen. You do understand the Holy Spirit has never made a mistake. Ever. Ever. He'd never lead you to make a bad investment. Ever. Ever. If you and I are led by the Holy Spirit 100% of the time, we would never miss it in any area. You have to get apart from his leading to miss it. And we're growing in this. We're, we're getting better every day. In Colossians, the third chapter, Colossians 3 and 14, 314, are you there? He said, above all these things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness and let The peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Notice this phrase now, let the peace of God rule in your heart, and be thankful. Let me read this to you from the Amplified. I like the Amplified version of this. It says, and let the peace... From Christ, rule, they also add, act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. Let me read it to you again. Let the peace from Christ rule in your hearts. Let it act as an umpire continually. Let that peace decide and settle with finality all questions that arise in your minds. Now I'm going to show you in just a few moments that we are instructed extensively to follow peace. I don't mean once or twice. I'm going to show you in the scripture. But this scripture says it very, very plainly, especially in the Amplified. When questions arise in your mind, issues come up that you're not settled about. Do I do this or do I not? What do you let settle the question? He said, let the peace of the Christ, let the peace of God or or the peace of the anointed one, the Amplified brings out, settle that issue. Should I do it? Should I not? When I think about doing it, I don't have peace. Something bothers me about it. When I think about not doing it, I'm relaxed. I have peace. Should we pay attention to that? Oh, big time. Let me read it one more time. Let the peace from Christ rule in your hearts. Let it act as umpire continually. Does that paint a picture for you? Whether it's, let's say it's baseball. And somebody, you know, are they safe or are they out? Who gets to call it? 
The ump. Right? Who gets to call stuff in you? Do you do it or do we not? How do we know? Do it. Peace. No peace. Don't do it. Peace. Not talking about hearing voices. We're not talking about seeing things. We're talking about something on the inside of you. The Bible talks about the peace that passes understanding. Keeping your heart. Keeping your mind. Amen? Amen. Let that peace guide you. Let that peace direct you. Because after all, what is that peace? What is that peace? Is it not the spirit of peace? Is it not a manifestation of the God of peace? Well, then when we're following that peace, we're following God. We're following the Spirit of God. Everybody say, follow peace. peace. Let peace decide the issue. Let peace settle the question. Amen. Can you see that? You know, there's over 450 references to peace in the Bible. There's another 300 some references to rest. That's a big subject, isn't it? Let let me just remind you some of these things. Repeatedly, the way Jesus would uh, begin something with with someone is say, peace to you. Right? Peace to you. And when people were afraid, the angels of the Lord, of the Lord himself would say, peace. Don't be afraid. Peace. We just got through reading. We didn't receive the spirit of fear. But the spirit of adoption, he's the spirit of peace. Amen? Amen. That's one thing the world cannot give you. Sin cannot bring you peace. No amount of sin, no amount, the devil can't give you peace because he does not have it. He has no access to it. He, He doesn't have peace himself. And friend, this is one of the most wonderful things and parts of being a Christian. That you can have in your bosom, in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, all day and all night, peace. Peace. You can have peace in the midst of trials and tests and storms. What people can't get in a bottle. They can't get in a pill. They can't get by spending money and buying things. You can't get it. Except through God. Jesus said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. But what? Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And he said, peace I give to you. Not like the world gives. You can't get this in the world. My peace. Oh, the same peace Jesus walked in when he was in the earth belongs to you and me. How many believe Jesus walked in peace? Was he cool? calm and collected all the time did stuff rattle him did it shake him no No. did storms on the sea shake him sleeping in the back of the boat they had to wake him up did the Pharisees shake him Sadducees I mean they thought they got him pinned they got him publicly asking him all these questions about the law and he just says I got a question for you You answer my question, I'll answer yours. I mean, just like that, turn the table around, and in three seconds, all the crowd was going, "Uh uh-huh, answer him. (laughs) 
Oh, the wisdom of God is in the peace of God. The direction of God. You and I are to walk in peace all day and all night. On the job, at home, on the highway, in the airplane, everywhere. Pay on, on bill paying day. Huh? Doctor report day. When the tests come in day. Hmm? Peace. Peace. Marvelous. Wonderful. Peace is ours. Study the Bible some on this and you'll see what I'm talking about. I mean, it is huge in the scriptures. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of verses that just keep saying the same thing. In the Bible. In the New Testament, just in the epistles, there's a dozen plus times where it starts out by saying grace and peace to you. You know, God is called the God of peace over a half dozen times in the New Testament. The gospel is called repeatedly the gospel of peace. It's a good report. Amen. See, so many times the gospel hadn't been preached. Judgment's been preached. Rules have been preached. Lifestyle has been preached. You're going to hell if you don't change. That's not good news. I said, that's not good news. What's good news? God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing to them their trespasses. He became sin with our sin. We've been made righteous with his righteousness. All you got to do is believe on him and accept him and you're saved forever. Hallelujah. That's good news. He'll heal your body. That's good news. He'll get you out of debt. That's good news. He'll fill you up with his spirit and use you for something that means something. Make you a blessing to humanity. That's good news. That ministers peace to you. So if the devil and people in the world have told you that you're not going to mount to anything, that it's too late, that you've wasted your life, you don't have anything to offer, God doesn't tell you that. He gives you the message of peace. You know, one thing that people have misunderstood and uh, misinterpreted, scriptures that talk about conviction and condemnation. You'll hear people say, they'll leave services sometimes and say, man, boy, you know, the Holy Ghost really condemned me about that. God really condemned me about that. That is incorrect language. Did you hear me? Because the Holy Spirit is not a condemning spirit. He is a convicting spirit. Another word for convict is convince. He will convince you of what is right. Now, if you've been in the wrong, and when he shows you what is right, and you see how far off you've been from it, your own heart will condemn you. That's not the Holy Ghost condemning you. And what you need to understand and realize that even when your own heart is condemning you, the Holy Ghost will come and put his arms around you and comfort you. Amen. Amen. You get to kicking yourself and thinks, you know, what's wrong with me? What is wrong with me? I'm such a poor example of a Christian. I've failed and missed it so many times. The devil will come and say, look, that hammer's not big enough. Here, take this one. <laughs> and he'll put a 10-pound sledgehammer in your hand. 
And he'll say, you think that, let me tell you how sorry you are. Let me tell you how bad you've missed it. Let me tell you what a poor example of a Christian. And time you and he get through with you, you won't have enough faith to believe your way out of a wet paper sack. <laughs> Confidence will be gone. The Holy Ghost doesn't do that. Now listen to me, friends. If you're ministering by the Holy Spirit, you don't do that. If your so-called ministry makes people feel bad and just pulls them down and leaves them there, you're missing it. And you're ministering by a wrong spirit. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. Oh, he'll correct you now. Don't misunderstand me. He'll correct you, but he does it in such a way that you feel good about it when it's over. I mean, you might have got spanked good, but you're happy about it. Huh? Why? Because you see how to overcome. You see what was wrong and what to do, how I can get to a higher place. You're glad you got corrected. Can you say amen? amen? Aren't you glad you serve such a good God, such a God who is love? I mean, so many times, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, is he not? I mean, peace is all through the Word. Listen to these passages. In Isaiah 55, don't try to turn there just at the moment, but you might want to write, write them down. Isaiah 55, 12 says, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. What's leading you forth? Peace is leading you. Second Timothy 2, 2 Timothy 2, 22 said, follow righteousness, faith, love, peace. Are you supposed to follow peace? Bible said so. Hebrews 12, 14. Hebrews 12, 14 says, follow peace. First two words of the verse. Follow peace. Or another translation said, pursue peace. 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter 3, quoting from the Psalms, says, He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue or pursue it. Does God lead us through peace? Are we told to follow peace? Pursue peace. James 3.17, James 3.17, the wisdom, how many understand the direction of God is the wisdom of God? To show you what you're supposed to do and what his plan is. The wisdom of God that is from above is first pure, then it's what? Peaceable. How can we tell it's from God? Minister such peace to your spirit. You have such a knowing inside that this is right. It comforts you. You breathe a sigh of relief and go, yeah, yeah, now this is right. And until you get that, you don't move. You don't make a decision until you have that. The Bible talks about in Romans 3, says the way of peace, the way of peace certain people did not know. The way of the Spirit is the way of peace. The way of the flesh is a way of frustration and vexation. When you follow the flesh, it'll frustrate you. When you go a wrong way, it frustrates you. Anybody in here ever missed it? Did it aggravate you? 
Huh? Could you tell the further you went into it? Did it bother you? Did it vex you? Frustrate your spirit? And you're thinking, something's not right about this. Well, that should cause you to know, stop. Right? It's like a doctor was saying about, he's telling somebody one time, uh, they said, well, what can I do? You know, they'd had an injury. And he said, well, uh, if it hurts, don't do it. <laughs> he said, just like that. He said, just like that. He said, a lot, he said, a lot of times little children know better about this. If it hurts, they quit. But adults think they've learned better and they just push through the pain. Dumb. <laughs> you re-injure it and make it worse. No, if it hurts. You know, like you know, like the old joke. One guy said, Doc, you know, when I do this, it hurts. He said, well, don't do that. Quit doing that. <laughs> and when something frustrates your spirit, when, when it bothers your heart, quit. Everybody say quit. When something bothers your heart, when it's vexing you, when it's frustrating you, what do you do? Quit. Quit. Stop it. Realize something's wrong. This is letting you know something's wrong. We're going the wrong way. We are not supposed to live even a small part of our life frustrated and vexed. Have you ever been frustrated? I said, have you ever been frustrated? Anybody know what I'm, or am I talking to a group of people that can't relate here this morning? (laughs) Years ago, there was a particular thing that had been bothering me. And without realizing it over a period of days and and even weeks, I had gotten frustrated about it. Now, I wasn't, you know, acting out too much about it, but inside me, when I think about it, it bothered me. It frustrated me. And I remember I was pulling out onto an uh, on-ramp, onto an interstate in my car, and I was thinking about it, and I'm sure I had my, my brow wrinkled and, and kind of a scowl on my face, and the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but inside me, he said, if you're frustrated, you're not in faith. I thought, well, that wouldn't be good if you're not in faith. If you're frustrated, you're not. I got to thinking about that. Well, it'd be true. If you're in faith, we which have believed do enter into rest. If I'm in faith, I'm in rest. Are we supposed to live by faith all the time? Walk walk in faith all the time? Then that means we're supposed to be in rest all the time. Right? So I got a hold of that and straightened that up. They, They sent a fellow over one time to follow me around in healing school for several days. He was... Supposed to, you know, learn some things. And, and so I said, okay, well, I'm just going to do what I do. So I, I started out the morning. I prayed for a while. I walked, went to a class. And then I went back to another place. And after a couple of days, we walked into my office. He said, uh, Brother Keith. I said, yeah. He said, if you were any more laid back, you'd be in a coma. <laughs> I said, thank you. To me, that's a compliment. Right? I'm not supposed to be wired, frustrated, vexed. That's a sign of unspirituality. That's a sign of of walking in the flesh. That's a sign of not being led. That's a sign of being in fear and unbelief. Is it true that no matter what happens, God is still on the throne? Is it true that no matter what happens, He still loves us? 
And he will help us out of it no matter what it is. That his word is true. Then we ought to be cool. Shouldn't we? That's what we ought to be cool. They say, hey, you know, man, your house just burnt down. You can do one of two things. You can cry for a month. You can vex your soul or you can go, God's going to give us a better one. God's going to give us a better one. Amen. Well, your friend forsook you and left you. Well, they're lost. God will give me better friends. Amen. Stay positive. Stay in peace. Everybody say peace. Stay in peace. Go to Romans, please. Romans, the eighth chapter. Let me give you some very, very solid things now that will help you to get out of vexation, get out of frustration, get into and stay in peace. Back to Romans 8 where we started. Have you seen enough to agree that uh, we are instructed in the word to follow peace? Follow peace. Then you don't follow frustration. Don't follow anxiety. In Romans, the 8th chapter, and the 5th verse, Romans 8, 5, are you there? They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, in other words, they mind the things of the Spirit. Do you understand what a big part your mind plays in your spirituality? He goes on to say, for to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and what? Peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But we're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body's dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life or alive because of righteousness. If you're walking in the flesh, you're minding fleshly, ungodly, unfaith things. The result will not be peace. It'll be vexation and frustration. If you're frustrated all the time, are you walking in the spirit or the flesh? In the flesh. You you can't walk in the spirit frustrated all the time. No, if you're frustrated, you're in the flesh. Hmm? If you're vexed, you're in the flesh. If you're walking in the Spirit, what Spirit? The Spirit of peace. If you're walking in the Spirit, then you're keeping your mind on the right things. And you will have life and peace. How many remember Isaiah 26? 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace Whose mind is stayed on thee. So what if you hadn't had peace? 
What if you've had worry and fear, hadn't been able to sleep? Stomach's been giving you problems because of worry. What do we know? We know you have not been keeping your mind stayed on the Lord. Right? Because if you had been keeping your mind stayed on the Lord, what would your condition be? The Hebrew literally says peace, peace. Perfect peace, complete peace. This is significant, friend. This is so important. If I've been frustrated, if you've been frustrated, whose fault was it? I said, well, it was those people that frustrated me. It was their fault. (laughs) It was that debt that I've got to deal with. It, It was this physical problem that I'm, you know, if you were diagnosed with this, you'd worry too. Not if I was in faith. So what if I die? Well, what if you do? (laughs) Listen, I'm not getting on that airplane. What if it crashes? What if you're on the ground and it crashes into you? (laughs) What if it hits me and I die? Well, if the Lord tears his coming, you're going to die. The Lord tears is coming long enough, none of us making it out of this alive. But, do we have to live in fear? Do we have to go through every day in trepidation and scared and frustrated and, and vexed? No, we don't. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I hope this is not too simple for you this morning, friend, because there are some answers here that will deliver people that have been struggling for years, years, if you just receive this and put it into practice right now. If you notice yourself and you're, you're fidgety and you're anxious and you're, you're feeling frustrated, what should you know immediately? What? I have been thinking on and talking about the wrong things. Judge yourself. And say, I have been thinking about and talking about, pondering and meditating wrong things. I've been being carnally minded because it's working death in me. Right? It's robbing my peace. It's robbing my joy. It's making me upset. So if if when I do this, it hurts, what do I do? Quit it. If it's making me frustrated, what should I do? Quit thinking about that. Sounds so simple. But it is life changing. I said it is life. It will deliver you. It will set you free. The devil is such a liar. And he's always coming with thoughts. And feelings. And he wants you to look at this. Why is your life like that? Why hadn't you done this? What did you do wrong? And you go. I don't know. He goes. No you don't know. You're such a mess. You you haven't done this. You go. No I haven't. And you don't have this. And you go. No I don't have that. And you don't know this. And you can't do this. What kind of effect does that have on your soul? It frustrates you. It vexes you. It torments you. Well, why don't we have enough sense to realize 
this is hurting me. Thinking about this and talking about this is bringing me down. It's hurting me. And if I was smart, I would stop. Don't, you know, you might even want to write this down. Don't talk about. Don't meditate on what you don't know, what you can't do, what you don't have. Don't talk about it. Don't meditate on it. Don't ponder it. Don't talk about, don't meditate on what you don't have, what you don't know, what you can't do. The scripture said in Psalms, in thy light, we see light. Light begets light. Darkness begets more darkness. You go in the way of darkness, it gets darker and darker. You go the way of peace and light, it gets stronger and brighter. Right? right. First year, Rama, Phyllis invited some of our friends over to our little small apartment on Shoot 'em Up Alley, the rough part of town. They came over. Some of them were from up north and Canada and different places. They'd never had purple hull peas and cornbread. Phyllis fixed it for them. And one lady said, uh, I'll have try some of those hawk-eyed peas. He said, no, not hawk-eyed, purple-hull peas. And maybe ham hocks, but, but, but not hawk-eyed peas. Uh, and so they came around, and they put about four or five peas on, and they're trying to be nice. And about ten minutes, there they are again, and boy, they piled them up that time. And uh, had some good Mississippi food. Southern cooking. And uh, after we had eaten and we're sitting around, we began to talk. Uh, somebody brought up this certain passage of Scripture that none of us knew a thing about. We're all first-year Rhema students. And so we endeavored to discuss this theologically. And one person said, you know, well, I think this and that and the other about it. And the other one said, well, you know, I think this. And, and we discussed it and discussed it and discussed it and discussed it. All kind of wild ideas that weren't true. And everybody eventually went home and I'm laying in the bed, endeavoring to get quiet and go to sleep. And the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me. He said, Keith, would you like to understand that passage of Scripture? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, now you're further from it than you've ever been. (laughs) He's endeavoring to show me something. That's not how you get revelation because basically what we did was talk about what we didn't know and how difficult a passage it was and how other folk we had talked that were supposed to be smart, they didn't know, they didn't understand it either. And we, we reinforced our conviction that of what we didn't know and how hard it was to know. Don't talk. Don't meditate on what you don't know. What you don't have. Well, well, why did that happen that way? I don't know. Why did they die that way? I don't know. I understand you can become completely engrossed in that. And just feed on that and vex yourself and go, I don't, why did that happen? I don't know. And not realize you're being carnally minded. You're being fleshy minded and it's ministering death to you. When you think about something and talk about something and it just brings you down, 
Get smart. Quit talking about that. Quit laying there thinking about it. Well, we could have done this and, and we should have done that. And All right, when you get through talking about that, now how do you feel? Defeated? Yeah, I know. Quit being dumb. <laughs> Believe the Bible. Amen. Thou will keep him in perfect, perfect, complete peace whose mind is stayed on him. When you got your mind on the right things, it gives you peace. Amen? Amen. You talk about what you have. And notice uh, in Colossians, did you remember that? Go back there, please. Colossians 3. Go back there and let's look at this again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you'll practice this, you'll develop in it. Until you'll get sharp and you'll begin to notice things when they start to go askew and astray. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Everything that comes out of your mouth should be edifying, right? Minister grace and peace to people. And if you're developing this, you'll get to the point where if you're talking with somebody and you can tell, the more we talk about this, it's just... It's depressing. There's no life in it. Then change the subject. Change the subject. A lot of times people in the name of being polite, they yield to death. They yield to wrong things. And just let people go on and on and on and on and on about negative stuff and wrong stuff. Don't do it. Just if you have to, hold your finger up and go, uh, what about this? Change the subject. If it's not edifying... You ought not be talking it. Somebody said, yeah, but it's true. I don't care if it's true. It has to meet other qualifications. Then the Bible said, whatsoever things are true, but then it goes on. Whatsoever things are just and lovely, if it be of good report, if there be of any virtue, think on those things. Right? Think on those things. Colossians 3.15. What did he say? Let the peace of God rule In your heart. And what else? Right. And what? And be ye thankful. Oh, this is such a big key. To controlling your mind. And keeping your mind in the right place. When you're talking about what you don't have. Are you thankful? When you're talking about what you don't know. Are you thankful? Talking about what you can't do. What somebody didn't do for you. Are you being thankful? How you missed it and how you messed up your life and how you did wrong. And are you being thankful? Is any of that thankful? No. Do you have something to be thankful for? Yeah. In healing school, I saw it happen. I saw where, where, you know, somebody could come in with something wrong with their finger and become completely obsessed with it. And it's my fingers hurts. My finger's not right. I don't understand. Other people's finger works fine. Why can't mine be okay? My finger my finger, my finger, and completely forget that you got nine that work just fine. You got ten toes that work good, ankles and knees and hips and heart and lungs and brain. Do you have anything to be thankful for this morning? Oh, I'm telling you, you do. And this is the key to getting more light. 
This is the key to getting out of frustration and vexation and getting over into peace. Because when you're thanking God, you're being spiritually minded. When you're thanking God, you got your mind on Him. Right? And that's how you get into life and you get into peace. And He keeps you, keeps you, keeps you in perfect peace. So you ought to get up in the morning and open your eyes and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for giving me a day. This is a good day. Today's the day the Lord's made and given me. I will rejoice. I'll be glad in it. Amen. Good things are happening for us. We're a blessing everywhere we go. Amen. It's amazing how, how people can take things for granted, how the devil can skew their thinking, and they come in here and go, you know, well, you know, uh, the music was too loud, or, or it wasn't loud enough, or the carpet's the wrong color, or the seat leans too much, or the light's too bright, or, or it's too dim, or, or... <laughs> Friends, we got something to be thankful for. Amen. We're not even two years old. God's given us a church, a real church, a real family. We got seats with cushions on them, cushions. I'm telling you, we got air conditioning. We got heat. How many of you drove to church? Let me see your hand. You you didn't walk, you drove. Are you glad about that? Oh, come on, that's not glad enough. I mean, you, you could have had to walk in the rain to come to church this morning, but you drove, came in dry. How many slept in a bed last night? Not under a bridge, you slept in a bed and, and, and were warm all night long. I was warm all night. Got up and walked across the floor in my bare feet. Comfortable. That's a blessing. How many got money in your pocket? Yeah. Doesn't have to be a lot, but you got some. You got some money. You're going to eat today. Yeah. How many are going to eat today? Yeah. Probably pretty quick. <laughs> are you glad about that? Yeah. Are you thankful? How many understand? Thinking this way, talking this way, you already look better than you did just a few minutes ago. Yeah. I'm looking at you. You look better. You're smiling. You got more peace on you. Amen. 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 Well, we didn't get this, and and we don't have that. And stop it, stop it. That's being carnally minded, and it produces death, and it robs you of your peace. You watch what I'm telling you now. What the Word is telling us. You thank God all day, all night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thank God when you feel good. Thank God when you don't feel good. Thank God when you got plenty of money. Thank God when you don't see enough money. You're not thanking Him for the lack, but you're thanking Him for what you do have and for bringing in what you need too. Amen. Amen. It will make your spirit more sensitive. To his. Because you're on the same channel. How many understand God's not on the negative channel? He's not on the gripe complain channel. Right? He's not. He's not on the death channel. He's on the peace channel. The life channel. The positive. Thankfulness. Praise God channel. Amen. Amen. 
And that's where you're going to hear him. That's where you're going to see him. That's where you're going to get his plan for your life. When you lift up your hands in the morning and say, Lord, I want to thank you. You've been so good to me. So good to me. You've spared my life so many times. You've blessed me with such good friends. You put so much good word into my life. In the midst of that kind of thing, you'll begin to see something you didn't see before. In the midst of that kind of thing, direction will come up in your heart and you'll know what to do. Peace will lead you. Hallelujah. You sit over in the chair, pull the blind, feel sorry for yourself and gripe because this one didn't come pray for you. They didn't support me and they didn't help me and I missed it and blew it and nobody would show me how and I don't have this and so I can't do that. It'll get darker. I said it'll get darker. And the enemy will be there to feed you more things you got to gripe about. More things you don't have. More things and you'll get darker and darker and you'll get duller and more and more depressed. How many understand you cannot get and stay depressed praising God? Focusing on serving God, minding, keeping your mind on God. You cannot get suicidal. You have to break away from the Lord and think about junk. And think about flesh and death. Don't do it. I said don't do it. Say I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be carnally minded. I'm going to be spiritually minded. I'm going to let God's peace. Rule in my heart. And I. Will be thankful. Every day. Every morning. Every evening, every day of my life, I'm going to thank God in the morning. Thank God in the middle of the day. Thank God at nighttime. Rise up and thank Him in the midnight hour. Because He's done so much for me. Stand up on your feet. Lift your hands. Begin to thank God in earnest. Begin to give Him praise. Begin to thank Him. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, You've done so much, so much, so much, so much, so much. Oh, thank You, thank You, thank You, thank You, thank You, thank You, thank You. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.